0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. But well, I'm excited today to be starting a brand new series called For Heaven's Sake. Everybody say that with me For Heaven's Sake. Now, I'm sure you've heard this saying before, you've heard somebody say, probably your mom or your dad, for heaven's sake, will you go to bed? For heaven's sake, will you turn the Xbox off? Right? Only me? Well, y'all play PlayStation? For for heaven's sakes, will you just shut your mouth? That might have just been my mom. I don't know. I'm kidding, she's at Friendswood right now. Mom, I'm joking, my mom's amazing. We've heard this phrase before, for heaven's sake. And, and the way that we're used to hearing it is out of someone being annoyed or somebody being frustrated. But, but what I would like to do this month as we, as we go through this series for the next four weeks, let's take it back. Let's take this phrase back. Let's have a shifting in our minds for what it really means to do something for heaven's sake. Because I don't know about you, but I want my life to matter for heaven's sake. I don't want to live life just for me. I don't want to live life just pursuing temporary things and temporary pleasures. I don't want to live my life pursuing things that are going to fade away. Instead, I want to live my life that builds the kingdom of heaven. So for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to live in the kingdom of heaven, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We got some cool merch for you guys, too. I'm gonna to show you this shirt. We got this, this merch made here. It says for heaven's sake, there on the front. You got the life church logo on the side. And then on the back it makes a very profound statement: No King but Jesus. No king but Jesus. Having some. Technical issues, why don't you go ahead and bring me that. I'll just use the uh, pulpit mic, man. Can you hear me? Thank the Lord. Hey, this shirt is available for you uh, right after service. You can go to the, uh, the Resource Center here at Friendswood. You can go to the Resource Center. I already got a text from the Friendswood campus. They said they're already selling out of this merch. So listen, if we don't have your size this week, just stop in there and tell our team that's working the resource center what size you need. We're gonna order more. But I'm excited about uh, this series. I, I've already got mine, by the way. I think Pastor Pastor Jim, our lead pastor, is at Friendswood. I think he's wearing it there at the Friendswood campus. But hey, let's dive in talking about what it means to live as a citizen of heaven. What does it mean to live in the kingdom of heaven? And this is what I, I would like to tell you today is that if you didn't know this, living as a citizen of heaven and living your life for heaven's sake is essential to you finding and fulfilling your purpose that you have been created to fulfill. Your God given purpose. And I actually would I would say this to you as well. We could summarize The message of Jesus Christ. We could summarize everything that Jesus came teaching and preaching. We could summarize it like this. He told people, live your life for heaven's sake. What do I mean by this? I think very often we have a vague or even a wrong idea of what heaven is. Especially if we've grown up in church, if we've been coming to church for a long time since we were were kids, we might have the wrong impression of what heaven actually is. We might think of heaven as something that's just really far away. We might think of heaven as something that's just completely foreign to, to the world that we're living in right now, but one day... We're going to be able to go to heaven, which is not a faraway place. And when we're there, there's going to be streets of gold. And we're going to lay around on clouds. And we're going to live in mansions. But the truth about heaven is that it is a kingdom. And it's not a kingdom that's far away. It's a kingdom that is already here on the earth. And it's a kingdom that is on the earth and growing and expanding on the earth. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth and the kingdom of heaven is still coming to earth. Are you following me this morning? Let's look at Mark chapter one, verses 14 through 15. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is the very beginning after Jesus is baptized and he's ready to start his ministry. He's ready to go around preaching. Mark one says this, after John was put in prison, John the Baptist, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. This is what Jesus said. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Everybody say good news. Jesus went around preaching. Another translation says, I must go and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, when you look in the Bible, when we look in the New Testament, we see over and over the phrase kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven or kingdom of light. Can I just tell you right now? They all mean the same thing. God's kingdom. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of light. This is representing God's kingdom. Jesus said in Luke chapter four, verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. Listen to this part. This is why I was sent. This is my purpose. I have come to earth to go around teaching people and telling people that the kingdom of God has come. He went around proclaiming and teaching kingdom principles. Everywhere that he went, everything that he did was for heaven's sake. Even when Jesus taught us to pray, look at what he says in in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Jesus says, Pray then like this. Now, I just want to make sure we all know this. Friends, What I want to make sure we know this. You guys watching online, if Jesus says the words, do this, when you pray, say this, when you do this, do it like this, don't you think that's, that's kind of important, right? Like we should probably pay attention if Jesus is just being so explicit saying, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, starting with worship. Father, you are holy. You are mighty. There's no one like you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This was so important to Jesus' ministry. This is so important to Jesus' purpose that even when he's teaching us to pray, he says, listen, just pray that God's kingdom would come. Pray that God's will would be done on the earth, just like it is in heaven. And if this was the message of Jesus, if this was the message that Jesus came proclaiming, if the message of Jesus as he went from town to town, as he was teaching people, if his message was all about this kingdom, then I think you and I should live our lives for that kingdom. We should live for heaven's sake. And in order for us to really understand the importance of this, in order for us to understand the importance of the message that Jesus came to to preach, the message about the kingdom, but we need to first understand what the kingdom is. What, What is the kingdom even like? And so today, I'd like to start this series by kind of laying the framework for you as a point of reference for what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Because after today, over the next three weeks, we're going to get into some really nitty-gritty stuff about the culture of the world, about things going on in the world, about how the world is trying to pull you out of heaven's purpose, trying to pull your life off track. But if we don't first understand what the kingdom is all about and what it looks like, if we don't understand how the kingdom operates, then every time we try to read our Bible Or every time we try to serve God, if we're not not sure what the kingdom is all about, we're gonna miss the point. And we're gonna miss the mark. And if we don't understand what the kingdom of heaven is about, then we're gonna be stuck living in the standards, the ideologies, and the philosophies of the world. Now, here's the most important thing I'm trying to stress right now. If we don't understand what Jesus meant by coming and preaching the kingdom of God, then we will live beneath the privileges that come with living in his kingdom. If you don't know what Jesus' kingdom is all about, you're not going to live up to the privileges that come with being a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. If we don't understand how King Jesus and how his kingdom operates, we will live beneath that life that Jesus came to give us, the abundant life. Pastor preached about it just a few weeks ago. The more and better life that Jesus came to give people is found living in his kingdom. So let's talk about why. Let's talk about why that's possible. First of all, what is a kingdom? And I hope you're taking some notes. I hope you're taking notes because this stuff is going to help over the next three weeks after today as we dive into different parts of this. We need to understand this part right here. What is a kingdom? We have a definition for you. I'll read it to you now. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over a territory, impacting that territory with his will, his purpose, and his intent, producing a culture and lifestyle for his citizens. I want to, if, if the team would just leave that up there for a moment, we need to understand this. This is what a kingdom is. The governing influence of a king over a territory, impacting that territory with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing a culture and lifestyle for his citizens. So if Jesus came and he told us that he came for this purpose, to preach the message of the kingdom, to preach the good news of the kingdom, that means Jesus came to earth with this purpose, spreading his influence Over the world by transforming the customs, cultures, and behaviors of his people. According to his will, his purpose, and his intent. Now when we look at a kingdom, every kingdom that's on earth and the kingdom of heaven is no different. Every kingdom has four things. Everybody say four things. Every kingdom has four things. Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a government, every kingdom has a territory, and every kingdom has citizens. So let's dive into part one of this, talking about a king. Every kingdom has a king. And you and I as Americans, thankfully, in a worldly sense, we don't know what it's like to have a king, a human king. We, we live in a democracy, we live in, in a republic, and anywhere you go around the world and find uh, countries like ours with this form of government, we don't have kings. We have presidents, we have prime ministers, we have congress, we have our, our representatives, so, so we don't really, it's very foreign to us, this idea, this concept of having a king. But let me just tell you what it means. In a kingdom, the king is Supreme. The king is the sovereign authority. He is the supreme ruler. He possesses ultimate power. In the kingdom of heaven, guess who the king is? Jesus. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king of heaven. Now, I don't want us to get confused about this. Jesus didn't just come as the messenger. Jesus did not just come to earth talking about a kingdom that was coming. No, he came with the message, but he is also the king. Jesus is not just a baby. Jesus is not just the savior of the world. He's actually the king of the world. You see, Jesus didn't just come to die on the cross for you and I. He left the cross. I know he was Led like a lamb to the slaughter is what the Bible says. That Jesus came and he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Meaning he went to the cross. But now he is the lion of Judah. How many of you know Jesus didn't stay on the cross? How many of you know Jesus didn't stay in the grave? And I think a lot of times, believers, we come to the cross and we get stuck there. We come to the cross and in our minds... Jesus never leaves the cross. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we can stay stuck in these cycles of sin. We can stay stuck in an unhealthy lifestyle. We can stay stuck being consumed by unhealthy habits, letting sin destroy our life because we never take Jesus off the cross because as long as he stays on the cross, you know you can go back to him and ask for forgiveness but if you would understand that Jesus got off the cross and that he became the king and that he didn't just come to forgive you of sin, he came to give you power over sin, you can get unstuck from sin. Does that make sense? Don't get stuck at the cross. I'm thankful for the cross. Listen, don't don't misunderstand me. I am thankful for the cross. I am thankful for the forgiveness that we have because of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that on behalf of, my, of me and my sin that Jesus stood in the gap, that he paid the price so that now there's nothing standing between me and God. I'm thankful for that. But you need to understand there's not just a cross, there's also a crown. That Jesus now reigns with supreme power, supreme authority as king of heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and this is what he says about Jesus. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is reigning right now. John chapter 18. This is a famous conversation that Jesus had with Pilate, with this Roman authority that had the power either to to send him to the cross or to pardon uh, uh, his, his, his wrongdoing in the eyes of the Jewish leaders. And this is what the conversation looked like in verses 36 through 37. Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, oh, so you are a king. You are a king then. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king for this purpose. I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to my voice. You see what Jesus said? He said he is a king. And he did say he has a kingdom. And he said my kingdom is not of this world. But don't misunderstand what Jesus says here. Jesus is not saying my kingdom is not in this world. He didn't say I have a kingdom but it's, it's not here yet. It's far away. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Another translation, the message translation says it like this. Jesus says, my kingdom doesn't consist of what you see around you. My kingdom doesn't look like the world. My kingdom is is unlike anything you've ever seen in human kingdoms. My kingdom is not like Rome. Rome. My kingdom is not like Israel, the way that Israel had wound up. My kingdom is not like the United States. My kingdom is not of this world. It's different. I love the way this passage ends, this message translation. He says, I'm not that kind of king. I'm not the world's kind of king. Jesus is saying, yes, I am king. Yes, I do have a kingdom, but it's not like the world. It's not like anything you would recognize, Pilate. Every time Jesus taught, he's teaching about his kingdom. Even when he's teaching us to pray, he's saying, pray, kingdom, come. Every every kingdom has four things. Kings, government, territory, citizens. Let's talk about the second one, the government. I just hate that word. Government. Anybody with me? (laughs) All right, we better just stop right there. Government. Government is the means by which the governing entity exercises its influence over the citizens. Government is the means by which the king rules over his people. In the United States, we have our constitution. We have laws. And really, all the constitution is is a statement of our principles and our philosophies, but I want you to understand that in a kingdom, the king governs. See, we have, in our democracy, in our republic, we have votes. Every piece of legislation gets voted on in Congress, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate. We have the opportunity to filibuster. Y'all remember when Ted Cruz got up and was reading Dr. Seuss during his filibuster? That was crazy. In a kingdom... The word of the king is law. In a kingdom, if the king says it, it becomes law. There's no voting. There's no filibuster. There's no representative to go and try to, to stop the order of the king. No, in a kingdom, the word of the king is law. And in the kingdom of heaven, what we have is the word of God and The Holy Spirit. The government, the way that the the king reigns over his people, the way that the king influences the citizens is through his word and his spirit. When Jesus taught, every time he was teaching, what he was doing was challenging the mindset of the world. Every time Jesus was teaching, he was challenging the mindsets that come when people are living under worldly thinking. And when he taught, he was replacing people's worldly mindsets with a heavenly mindset. Now listen, in, in Jesus' most famous sermon, I want, you to, I want you to catch this. In Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, one phrase that Jesus said over and over is, You have heard, but I say unto you. You have heard, but I say unto you. And he would go on with the principle from the kingdom of heaven. You have heard this, but I say unto you. It's like that. You have learned this. This is the way the world does things, but I say unto you in God's kingdom, this is how it is. You expect it to be like this, but... In God's kingdom, it's like this. I know that you think it's supposed to be this way, but I'm bringing you a new way of thinking. Are you following what Jesus is doing? He's he's taking and challenging the mindsets that people have who are living in the world and who are under the kingdom of darkness, and he is saying, nope, that's not how it is in God's kingdom. I say unto you, this is how it is. In the kingdom of heaven, The word of the king is law. And in a kingdom, the citizens, we must embrace the ways of the king. In a kingdom, the citizens must embrace the ways of the king. You know what the Bible says about God? That his ways are above our ways. That his thoughts are above our thoughts. That the ways of God are superior to the ways of man. Isn't that easy to see? Can't we look around in our world right now and see how all the chaos, all the confusion, all the fear, it doesn't matter where you go in the world and what type of government is being tried or what kind of politics is being tried, the ways of man are flawed. God's ways are higher than ours. God's thoughts are higher than ours. And guess what? God's thoughts and God's ways are always going to be in conflict with the ways of the world. This is what Jesus told Pilate. He said, I've come to testify to the truth. I've come to tell people the truth. I've come to bring my laws. I've come to bring the decrees of heaven, I've come to bring my government, I've come to bring the truth of God, which is the way of right living. The government of the kingdom is not always easy to live out. We know that. Even if you've grown up in church, even if you are an amazing Christ follower, a believer, we fall from time to time. We mess up from time to time, right? Especially if you're driving on I-45. Especially if you're coming from 610 West, merging onto I-45 South, and there's just the one lane on the right that's way backed up, and people try to fly all the way up on 610 and cut over. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I've discovered and perfected a system of my own to prevent people from cutting me off right there. If you would like to know more about this, come talk to me after service. I'll share my wisdom with you. If you are a person that zooms up and cuts over and cuts off the line of people that have been waiting patiently, come see me after service, all right? I'm gonna lay hands on you in prayer, maybe. Listen, the government of the kingdom of heaven is not always easy. Living the way that God has called us to live it's not always easy, right? We mess up. We make mistakes. We're tempted. We give in. We repent. Hopefully that's part of your life is repenting from your sin. But it's hard to live the law of, of the kingdom of heaven. But thank God that it's not just the word that we have. I'm thankful for the Bible. But what transforms the Bible for us from being a set of rules into being the very thing that gives us life is the Holy Spirit. you know what the Bible said? You know what God said? He said, with my spirit, I'm gonna write my laws on people's hearts. That's what God said. That's what the Bible says, that that it's no longer gonna be a list of rules that we're trying through our own power to, to follow these rules and to be perfect. No, God said, I'm gonna write my laws on their heart. You know what that means is that when we're in relationship with God and when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that God changes the desires of our heart. That our desires in our heart is no longer the ways of the world. The desires of our heart is no longer the sin that we're trapped in and the sin that we're consumed by, the lifestyle that we're hung up on. He changes our hearts so that our desires become the laws of God. That that right way of living... The way of living that God has called you and I to live that might seem so difficult for us as humans becomes possible by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And I'll just pause right here and say, if you are trying to live this life and you are trying to to follow Jesus without being filled with the Holy Spirit, without being filled with the Holy Ghost, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult and I'll even say, you won't be able to do it. I, so I keep seeing this meme that comes across my Facebook page. Some, it's like a question. Do I really need the Holy Spirit to get to heaven? And the response is, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. You need the Holy, I need the Holy Spirit on 610 and I-45, Lord. It's whenever you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and every day you are pursuing and asking God so that that flame inside of you stays lit, stays bright. Pastor said it's like drinking more of the Spirit. When you stay full of the Spirit, it is your delight to fulfill the laws of God. It becomes a delight to you to live the life That God has for you. You no longer see those habits and that lifestyle and that sin of, oh man, I have to give this up. I'm really missing out on all this fun. I wish I could do X, Y, and Z with my friends on Friday night. No, instead it is, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to participate in that lifestyle. I'm going to live my life for heaven's sake. The government of the kingdom of heaven is difficult Love my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Pray for my enemies. I'll pray, I'll pray for them. I've got some things I'm gonna pray for them over them. No, pray for your enemy. Love my enemy. Turn the other cheek. Put others before myself. Serve people, serve in the church. Give of my money, of my first fruits, tithe 10%, sounds backwards to the kingdom of the world. It sounds backwards to human logic. It doesn't look like anything we see in the world, right? These are the things that Jesus came teaching about. And what are they? They're heaven's principles, they're God's thoughts, they're God's ways. We have the word of God and we have the spirit of God to help us walk in the ways of God. The third thing that every kingdom has is a territory. This is obvious. A kingdom has to have a territory. Otherwise, what are they, what is, what are they ruling? A kingdom must have a territory. The Bible tells us that the government of the kingdom of heaven will never end says that heaven is coming with a government. And it's not a worldly government. It's not an earthly government. It's not a human government. Throughout this series, I have some other things I'm going to dive into with that. But the kingdom of heaven is coming with its own government. And the Bible says that the government of the kingdom of heaven will never end. So where exactly is this territory that the kingdom of heaven is going to be reigning? And where is this territory that King Jesus will be raining in. Is it, is it somewhere in the sky? Is it somewhere in another dimension? Is it somewhere far away? Is it just somewhere that we go after we die? No. The Bible is very clear about this. The earth is and always has been the territory that God wants to dwell with you and I. The reason... That God created the earth was so that it could be part of his kingdom. The whole earth. The fullness of the earth. That God wanted to dwell and reign as king of the earth. And that he created humans, he created mankind to have dominion over his creation. For us to live on earth under God over the earth. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15 says this. Now, if you don't know, the book of Revelation tells the, the final story, the complete story of in the end when Jesus wins, in the end when God wins and Jesus returns. It says that Jesus is bringing heaven to earth in its fullness. Revelation eleven fifteen: The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. There's coming a day when earth will be consumed and taken over by heaven. The territory of the kingdom of heaven is earth. It's earth. One day there will be total takeover. Until then, the kingdom of heaven is gradually taking over. The kingdom has come and it is coming. And one day it will be here fully and completely. And now you might look around in the world and say, Bo, I don't see the kingdom of heaven in my world. Bo, I look around right now and I don't don't see much, much godliness happening. I don't see much of this kingdom happening around me. And I would tell you, don't be discouraged. Because Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 21, there were some Pharisees that came to Jesus and they asked When will the kingdom of God come? When will God's kingdom finally be here? Jesus answered, The kingdom of God doesn't come in such a way as to be seen. No one will look and say, Look, here it is. Or look, there it is. Because the kingdom of God is within you. And I would just say that there's a lot more going on in the kingdom than a lot of times we're aware of. There's a lot more happening in the kingdom of God and there's a lot more happening in the kingdom of heaven than a lot of times you and I are able to perceive. But I want you to be encouraged because when Jesus came proclaiming the message of the kingdom from that time, the kingdom has never once stopped taking over the world. The kingdom of heaven has never relented in its pursuit to take over the world. And while sometimes in our lives it feels like the kingdom of heaven is nowhere to be found, it feels like everything's caving in around us, it feels like there's nothing but chaos and fear and confusion happening, the truth is the kingdom of heaven has been on the march since Jesus came proclaiming the message, and it has not relented. There's churches happening in in, China. China. There's church happening in India. There's church happening in South America. There's church happening in Africa. There's church happening in the kingdom of heaven being built in places all around the world where people are facing opposition. People are facing oppression. People are facing sickness. And you could look around and say, that's, that's no good. It's flawed. It, it, it's, it's pointless. It's hopeless. It's worthless. It's worthless. But really what's happening is that in the hearts and minds of people and in the lives of people and in these communities, the kingdom is taking over. Where they're no longer representing what the world is all about. They're no longer responding out of fear. They're no longer responding to the chaos. And instead, there's groups of people all over this world that are living as citizens of heaven. And in the midst of the darkness, it's those citizens of the kingdom of heaven that are shining their light, and I believe that's happening even here in Houston, Texas. How many of you, I mean, just in our church family alone, here in Friendswood, online, your life was changed when you were able to walk into this place, when you were able to walk into Friendswood, when you were able to tune in online. Your life was changed when you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you heard the message of Jesus Christ, and you surrendered your life to him, and maybe your external circumstances didn't change, but guess what did change? Everything on the inside of you, everything in your heart and everything in your mind. And now you can walk in peace and you can walk in joy and it's not dependent on what's happening in the world around you. Why? Because you belong to a different kingdom. Amen. Every kingdom has a territory and God's plan is for the earth to be the territory of the kingdom of heaven. So how does this happen? How does it expand? How does this kingdom take over? I just told you, it's the church. It's the church. The local church, the global church, the church, the body of believers is essential for you. It is essential for the world. Why? Because the church is God's idea. The church is God's plan for expanding his kingdom. Jesus said, I will build my church. He he told his disciples, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, they won't prevail against my church. I want you to think about the imagery here. The gates of hell. Gates are a defensive thing. You don't carry gates into battle. You don't send the gates out with the front lines charging at the enemy. No, the gates are meant to protect, right? Gates are usually established at a place where Something else, somebody, some entity, some kingdom has a controlled territory. They put the gates around the city. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna build my church and we're gonna be on the offensive. We're going to be taking ground and we, when we come up to the gates of hell, when we come up to these places where the kingdom of darkness has been ruling and been reigning and been holding people hostage, those gates will not prevail against my church that is on the move. That's what Jesus is saying. And I know many people have heard this. Thank thank God that you're here today. This is not you. You're at Friendswood. You don't have this mentality. But I've heard so many times people say, the church is not a building. I know that. Obviously, the church is not a building. The church is the people, but the church is a gathering of people. The church is a gathering There's so many people, believers, that think they can do this by themselves. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I I, I, I read the Bible. I don't have to be part of a church, though, because the church is not a building, right? But the Bible says it's like a body. And the body functions properly when it's together. And I'm thankful that we have online church. I'm thankful that we have these capabilities to stream services and to reach people. There's, a, there's people right now watching in Florida. We, have a, we basically have a campus in Florida right now of, there, of people that watch every week. They're watching online all around the world, all around the nation. People do tune in and watch our services, and I'm thankful for those capabilities. But if you told me that for the rest of my life the only way I was going to be able to interact with my family was over Zoom, If you told me that for the rest of my life I could only talk to my wife and my kids and my parents and my brother and sister and my sister-in-law, I could only talk to them over FaceTime. You know how much I would be aching to see them I mean, wouldn't you feel the same? Wouldn't you just ache and long to be united together with your loved ones, with your family again? Listen, that's the purpose of the church, for us to gather and be united like a body, each of us fitting together, each of us with our gifts, doing what? Taking territory from the kingdom of darkness for heaven's sake. The last part, every kingdom must have citizens. Citizens. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, guess what? You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. If you are a believer of Jesus, you are a citizen. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, now he's writing to a church in Philippi, who is currently under the rule, the city of Philippi is under the rule of Rome, but well, this is an interesting bit of information. If you didn't know this, Philippi, that church that Paul's writing to when he writes this letter of Philippians, that's the first church in the continent of Europe. So they're, they're very far removed from Rome. They've been conquered by Rome. And they, they have this, now these people are living with this confliction of of government that has now taken over and and who are they actually, are they citizens still of of, of the kingdom they were in in Europe? Are they citizens of Philippi? Are they Roman citizens? And Paul's writing to them just to kind of clear up the confusion. He says, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He talks about it more, Philippians chapter one, verse 27. He's, he's, He's urging these people He's he's emphasizing to these people, listen, above all, above being a citizen of Rome, above being a citizen of Philippi, above being an American, above being a Democrat, above being a Republican, above being vaccinated and unvaccinated, stepping on toes, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. <clears throat> Above all. What does all mean? Everything. But what about this? No, everything. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Hey, above all, you're a ki- you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you should live your life in a way that honors being part of that kingdom. I know the world is wanting to pull you in different directions, Philippi. I know right now you feel like you're being pulled in different directions and who is your allegiance to and how are you supposed to live? But above all, remember, you're a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven And you need to live your life in a way that's worthy of that citizenship. See, we have dual citizenship. I might be an American, but above all, above that, more than that, I'm a citizen of heaven. And when we look in a kingdom, citizens are referred to as subjects. The king has his subjects. The word subject means to get below. I subject myself to the king. I get below the king. I live my life under the authority of my king. I am a subject of the king, therefore, his thoughts are above my thoughts, his ways are above my ways. So I am going to subject myself to his government. I am going to subject myself to his will because he's my king. But the beautiful thing about this picture that I'm painting for you of being subject to the king and subjecting yourself and getting below the king and getting under the king is that when you get under the king, when you live your life under the authority of Christ, when you live your life in a way where you're saying, you know what, I know I've I've done these things in the past and I used to do this, And the world is telling me it's okay to do this. And don't worry, next three weeks, I'm gonna dive into all this stuff. But I want you to just get this idea, understanding how the kingdom works. When you live your life under the king, that's when you get over the world. When you live under the king, you become an overcomer. Are you following me? When you are subject to the king and you live your life under the king's will, under the king's ways, you overcome the world. And I wanna have that type of life. I wanna have that type of life where I am subject to my king, where I'm living above all as a citizen of heaven, where I am consuming the word of God and letting those words transform my life through the power of the Holy Spirit, where I am living in a way that benefits heaven that me, my family, my wife, my kids, this church, that we would live in a way that expands and grows and advances the kingdom of heaven. I wanna live my life for heaven's sake. You see, I have a king and his name is Jesus. I have a king and I'm part of this great kingdom. And above everything else in my life, whatever I owe allegiance to in this life, above all of that, my allegiance is to my king. My allegiance is to his kingdom. And right now, there's a lot of pressure on us as believers to abandon the ways of our king and to adopt the ways of the world. The king's word is under attack. The king's ways are under attack. The right way of living that our king has given us is under attack from the world. But I'm here telling you today, you know what? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm living my life for my king. Decide for yourselves who you're going to live your life for. That's what Joshua told the people of Israel. You decide for yourselves which God you're going to serve as. For me and my house, we're going to live for the king. We're going to advance his kingdom. We're going to stand up to the culture. We're not going to compromise on his word. Because I have a king and his name is Jesus. And I'm a part of his kingdom. If you find yourself full of fear today, if you find yourself full of anxiety because of everything that's going on in the world, everything with Omicron and the Decepticons and whatever Cron is happening. If you find yourself consumed with fear and anxiety, can I point you to the very first chapter of the Bible, which is the very first story, the beginning of the story of God and his people. It says that he gave us dominion over the earth. You have dominion. You were created to live under God over the earth. So no matter what happens to you in this life, no matter what the world is trying to throw at you, guess what? You have dominion. You're part of a kingdom that is going to reign forever. Even despite what happens to your own physical body, guess what? There's coming a day when our King is gonna give you a new body. And he's going to live with us and reign with us forever. There will be no sickness. There will be no death. And we will have dominion over the earth under our king. Have faith. Have confidence. The Bible tells us that everything that's born of God overcomes the world. Everything born of God. This is what Jesus said. 1 John I'm sorry, this is what John writes in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. He says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Listen, you know what King Jesus said? Hey, while you're living this life, this is what Jesus said. While you're living this life, while you're in this temporary world, until my kingdom comes and completely takes over the earth, you're going to have trouble. That's what Jesus said. In this life, you will have trouble. He said, but take heart, but don't be afraid, but don't give in to fear, don't give in to anxiety, don't give in to worry. Take heart, I have overcome the world. That's our king. Hey, y'all, that's the king. That's what the king says. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Would you stand with me today? Stand with me at Friendswood. You and I are part of another kingdom. We have a king. We've been called to a purpose to serve in this kingdom. We've been called to live life for heaven's sake. I'd like for you just to, if you would, here at Friendswood, even online, if you would just repeat this after me. No kingdom but heaven. Come on, one more time. No kingdom but heaven no king but Jesus no king but Jesus no king but Jesus just adopt that mantra in your life no king but Jesus when you face fear when you face anxiety when you face pressure from the world when you face pressure from your family right now that's telling you this lifestyle is foolish and the Bible's not reliable no king but Jesus. Live for heaven's sake. This 21 days of prayer and fasting, a big part, a big uh, area of focus for us, is something that simply we feel like God has spoken over Life Church this year. There's a lot of things happening, there's a lot of pieces moving, there's new campuses opening, there's new strategies being implemented, and we just feel like God has given us this one word to get us ready for all of that change and it is awaken wake up I shared this with everyone at prayer yesterday been reading through the, the uh, Bible and I came to the story of Samuel the book of First Samuel, incredible prophet and how when he was a boy when he was uh, being trained to be a priest and when he was being trained and all of that, just as a young boy he started hearing a voice call out to him while he was asleep, he was asleep he hears a voice, and it stirs him from his sleep, but he doesn't understand who the voice is or, or, or where it's coming from. So he goes to his, the priest, Eli. He goes to Eli says, Master, I'm here. You called for me. Eli says, No, I didn't. Go back to bed. Anybody have kids that come and wake you up in the middle of night? <laughs> All right. Sammy goes back to bed. He falls back asleep again. A voice stirs him from his slumber. He wakes up. He thinks it's Eli. Goes to Eli. Sir, Master, you've called me. No, I didn't go back to bed. A third time, Samuel's asleep. He's stirred by this voice. He wakes up, thinks it's Eli. Finally, Eli's like, wait a minute, something's happening here. So he tells Samuel, the next time you hear this voice, it's God. Speak back and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back to bed. He falls back asleep, and he hears the voice again, and he wakes up to this voice. And it's at this moment that he understands who's speaking to him. Finally, there's clarity. You see, before, when he heard the voice, he couldn't identify it. Some of you have been living through a season where you have not been able to identify the voice of God. You've been wondering what the next step is. You've been wondering what your purpose is. You've been wondering what your calling is. You've been wondering what decisions you're supposed to make for your family. And God has been speaking, but you haven't been able to identify his voice. If you haven't made the decision, can I tell you how to fix that? I'm going to tell you right now. Say, I'm ready to hear. I'm I'm going to crack the code for you. Consecrate yourself in prayer and fasting and reading the word. And I guarantee you, 100%, you will hear the voice of the Lord in your life. You will clearly discern what God has been trying to say to you. You won't have to walk around frustrated or confused anymore because when you consecrate yourself in prayer and fasting and devotion of his word, he's going to speak to you. God told Samuel. He said, Samuel, I'm about to do a thing. He said, I'm about to do a mighty thing in Israel and everybody that hears about what I'm doing, their ears are going to tingle. That's what God told Samuel. He wakes him up. He says, Samuel... I'm about to do something. Samuel, I'm about to do this in the world, and everybody that hears about it, they're gonna be drawn to it, Samuel. Hey, Life Church, God is about to do something in this house. Are you hearing me? Members, family of Life Church, God's about to do something. God has been doing something for 68 years, God has been doing something in Life Church. And it's time to wake up and clearly discern His voice so that we can be part of it. Part of what? Building His kingdom. Advancing heaven. Taking territory from the kingdom of darkness. Being on the march. Being a citizen of heaven. It's time to wake up. So I would just encourage all of you today, online at Friendswood. Pastor's about to take it back over there, but I'd just like to ask our our prayer team here at Houston, prayer team at Friendswood, if you guys would go ahead and take your place and be ready. This is what I'm calling. I'm not, I'm not calling for people who are, are ready to make only their, maybe it's their first time to make the decision. Yes, I, I want to be part of this kingdom. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm asking everybody. I'm asking all of you. I'm asking you, person who's been in church for 30 years. I'm asking for every person who can honestly look at their life and admit to themselves and say, you know what? I haven't been living in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. I haven't been living for heaven's sake. I've been living for myself. I haven't been living a life that's advancing the kingdom of God. I've been living a life maybe that is that is opposing. Today's the day where you can come into the kingdom. Today's the day where you can take your place in the kingdom of heaven. Today's the day where you can make the decision, I'm gonna live for heaven's sake. Maybe that decision for you today means you need to repent. Maybe you've got some sin in your life. Maybe you've been caught up in adultery. Maybe you've been caught up in pornography. Maybe you've been caught up in a lifestyle of addiction. Maybe you've been caught up in things that you know are not God honoring. Guess what, the king is ready to forgive you. The king is ready to forgive you and welcome you into his kingdom. You can can repent today, and our prayer team here, our prayer team at Friendswood, is gonna help you through that prayer. If you're ready to be part of the kingdom, you can be baptized today at Houston. Friendswood, last Sunday of the month, you can be baptized. If you have something going on in your life today, where it seems unclear, or you have fear or anxiety about it, the Bible tells, this is how God's kingdom operates, says that we lay hands on each other, that we partner with each other in prayer, that we become anointed in oil and declare the promises of God over our lives. Oh, this is what what the apostles and this is what Jesus taught. We lay hands on each other in prayer. Take advantage of it. When's the last time? When's the last time you came to a church service and you let someone lay hands on you in prayer? You know, this team here, this team at Friendswood, you know they're trained to do this? We don't just pick random people and ask them to be on the prayer team that we find the people who are gifted and anointed to do this and put them through training to do it so that they're ready to pray over whatever you are dealing with, whatever you are going through. This is, this is how we fight our battles. I'm encouraging you, friends. What I'm encouraging you here. Hey, if you're online and you have a prayer request, you can send us a DM, let us know. The band's gonna come, we're gonna sing another song. Let's fight today. Let's join the kingdom today let's surrender to the king today amen let's pray together lord jesus we thank you so much for this day we thank you for your mercy and the opportunity that we have to be in your kingdom we thank you for the call that we have to live for heaven's sake that you've chosen us to advance your kingdom everyone that has been walking around this life asleep everyone that has been walking around this life dead to their sin, let this be the day they awake into your kingdom, that they would wake up and find that life, that abundant life, that more and better life that comes. That's the privilege of being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Abundant life. Let them find it today, Lord. That people that need to repent would repent. That people that need to surrender would surrender. That people that need to take their next step would take their next step. For heaven's sake, In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Houston, feel free to come to our prayer team at Friendswood. Pastor, you got it.